0: Because this is going to be important. We are going to be spending the next several weeks talking about heroes. So I want you to take a few minutes. Take the pen that's in front of you. Take a pencil out of wherever you keep your pencils. And do me a favor. Think about this for a moment. Even write your own little definition. What is a hero? And in about one minute, I'm going to ask you, what is a hero? We all look up to them. We all have them. Maybe we all want to be them. I don't know. What is a hero? Anybody care to share your answer? Valerie, I can count on you. Yes, Valerie. What is the answer? And try to leave my name out of it, okay? But go ahead. That would be very embarrassing for me. I just want to make sure that... whoa i like that hey did you hear that stand up and tell everybody that that answer right there one more time nice and loud this is valerie by the way if you ever go to shopco you'll find her there she isn't here she's there go ahead Oh, you know, that's not bad. That is not bad. Anybody care to top that one? All right. Yeah, Okay, what do you have? Okay. How was supposed to say pastor. That's right. Please don't. Just say some I want I want to say when I came here to there's five or so much. That's the pastor about everybody. So, you're not my hero, but you're sort of there. I appreciate that <laughs> S- sort of there. I don't mind sort of. Uh, let's see. First of all, we have over here, then one more with Nate, and we're done. Okay, go right, go right ahead. Over here. Helps for Somebody who helps others without asking for anything. That's pretty good. Okay, Nate, way back there. Someone who influences. Someone who influences. Did you have one more, Marv? Is that, okay, what is it? We're done with this one. What is it? Someone who goes above and beyond the call of duty. Okay. There it, the it is. Somebody who goes above and beyond the count of, of just who they are. I found this, in, this definition on the uh, internet. I don't know if it's all that great. I like Valerie's better. But here's, heroes are people who transform compassion, so it comes from them, which is a personal virtue, into heroic action, which is a civic virtue. In doing so, they put their best selves forward in service to humanity. Your definition was better, all right? You need to put that in the internet. But here it was. Just, do you understand what they're saying? Is A hero is somebody who has something inside of them that they learn how to act on and to do something with. And, and they do it on behalf of others and on behalf of humanity. And they kind of set themselves aside to do that. That is a hero. Not bad. Now, we have several different kind of heroes. You get to write these down. Ready? Here we go. Here's the first different kind of hero. A superhero bum. I even have a picture. There you go. Look at that. That first one there, that's Matt, right there. I'm back there somewhere. Anyway, um, I was never into superheroes as a kid. I don't know about you guys. This last summer, I went to see the movie The Avengers. Did you guys see that? All through the movie, I'm saying to my grandkids, Who is that guy? What does he do? (laughs) Captain America um, and the Hulk. I think I knew about him. Uh, Thor and Metal Man. Who's uh, Robert Downey Jr.? What was he? What is it? Iron Man. Okay, I call him Metal Man. I was never into superheroes as, as a kid. I, I, I didn't do, but there you go. You can be a superhero. How about uh, celebrity heroes? That's another kind of hero. A celebrity hero, these are the people who are, you know, like this. We got all the sports celebrity heroes. Last night there were some heroes for uh, Oregon State football. Congratulations, those of you who are Duck fans. But you know, we, we look up to these individuals, and basically, they're just really good athletes, but somehow we turn them into heroes. Or they could be this kind the, the more of the, the movie star hero, because they are up on the silver screen, we look up to them. Those are the celebrity type heroes. But then we also have these kind of heroes. We call them civic heroes. For instance, right there anybody who gets paid to run into a burning building to risk their life is a hero. Or how about this picture? Anybody in my mind who has to strap on a bulletproof vest to go to work is a hero. Or this. I, these, these people do this, and they do it for us. We pay them. Now, that, that's the whole thing about a civic hero. Is these people are paid by us to do heroic things. But then there's also what we would call situational heroes. These are just ordinary people who suddenly do heroic things because of the situation. They may never do it again. It just happened to be that way. Let me show you a picture of one right here. This is Delroy Simmons. He doesn't look much like a hero, but earlier this year in New York City... He was on his way to a job interview because he's unemployed. And while he was getting on the subway or passing by one of the subways, an incredible gust of wind picked up a stroller and blew it onto the tracks of the oncoming train. And Delroy jumped down on the tracks, grabbed the baby, threw the baby and the stroller back up on, and just barely got out of the way of the train. Now, that's a situational hero. And all of us sometimes think about doing that. In fact, are, are you ready? I actually got to do that one time. I did. I, there's that thing about you know, carrying a, uh, a damsel in distress out of a burning building. I got to do that. I was driving from my church, I was in Fruitland, driving past and I looked down the street and there was a, a bush in front of this duplex that was on fire. So I pulled around the curb. By the time I got around there, the entire front of the, of the building was on fire. So I... Uh, went on the porch, and the top of the porch wasn't quite on fire yet, but I knocked on the door, opened the door, and there was a lady in there and her little boy, who, by the way, had started the fire, but that's a whole other story. Um, she was on the phone trying to get the fire department, and I said, man, we got to go. This Look back, and the, the fire had now kind of gone over the doorway a little bit, and I said, man, we got to go like right now. So she immediately hung up the, uh, the phone, and then she took off for the door like this, and I went, Okay. This is an injured person, and we're not going to make it, okay? So I actually get she with like 90 pounds. I got to lift her up, and I ran out of the burning building. Whoa, you know, just... Then she said those words. I hope she wouldn't say. She said, my dog is still in there. <laughs> so I went back in, looking for the dog, bending down. And have you ever been in a, in a room that's on fire? You can see the heat come down. It's phenomenal, because at the ceiling all around the ceiling at a certain level, all the paint began to blister as it moved down. The heat up there was incredible, and it just kept moving, and I found her dog who wouldn't come. He ran to the back bedroom. So what did I do? I ran out of the house. Okay, there's a limit to what I'm going to do. And the fire people came, and they put it all out. They found the dog and resuscitated him, and he was fine. Hallelujah, huh? But I got To live out my fantasy, I carried a a damsel in distress out of a burning building. Not that I ever want to do that thing again. But all of us, in certain situations, can be heroes. And they all have something in common, by the way. They all do great things. I mean, they all do, even if it's just an occasional thing, that situational hero, or all that, they all do incredible things. We also, by the way, have heroes of the faith. These are men and women who have done incredible things, things that they go down in history for, things that you know them for, things that you will remember. They are great heroes of the faith. In the Old Testament, how about this list? Moses, Joshua, David, Elijah, Elisha. These are men who did great things for God. They led entire nations. They established nations. They performed incredible miracles. We remember their names. Great men of God. In the New Testament, men like Peter, Paul, John, these people who who go out into the world and spread the gospel. Incredible things for God. Throughout the uh, church history, men like Augustine, Martin Luther, willing to stand up against the Catholic Church and establish a faith and a grace and the whole church that we call the Protestant Church. John Calvin, who was part of that. The Wesley brothers, John and Charles. Through their leadership, an entire nation that was on its road to destruction just as France wound up with a revolution England wound up with a revival at the same time because the Wesley brothers preached the gospel and began to teach others to do the same. And they preached wherever they could. If the church was closed to them. They would preach outside, preaching the factory workers, or they were going to work in the morning. When the factory workers got done in the afternoon, guess where the, the Wesley brothers were? Right there, preaching the word of God. These are incredible. Today, in the more modern era, we might say Billy Graham is a hero of the faith. I can't even begin to imagine the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people who will be in the kingdom because of his preaching. A pastor like Rick Warren. Interesting thing about Rick Warren's church, Saddleback Church, they just completed last year, it was their goal, and they actually finished it. They have other goals, but this is the one that was just amazing. They have now preached the gospel in every country on the planet, not not their denomination their church. Out of Saddleback Church, they raised the money, and they would send missionaries from their church to go to every single, and I think it's like 660 countries out there, every single country has had representatives from the Saddleback Church preaching the Word of God. Now friends, sometimes we have trouble reaching our neighborhood. They literally went around the world. The series that we're about to start isn't about people like them. The series that we're about to start isn't about those heroes that you remember or maybe perhaps want to be. The series we're going to start is a series called Everyday Heroes. That's why I loved your definition of a hero. And I tried to find a picture of what everyday heroes look like and I, they kind of look like this. I don't know. They, they're just us. I look around the room here, and you know what? I don't see those giant heroes. I can't imagine that anybody in this room is going to have books written about them in hundred or two hundred years from now. People will be saying, "Oh boy, boy, we're we're like this. We're kind of the anonymous people. We we just." Our everyday heroes. And here's here's what happens with everyday... They go through life unnoticed. People don't really know who they are. They get up and they do their job. They go to work. They pay their bills. They stay faithful to the promises they make. They stay faithful to their spouse. They make a mess on a regular basis, but they know how to seek forgiveness. They know they're not perfect, but they try to do better. They're just ordinary people who do what's right. They take care of their families. Do all the little things that it takes to keep this world going. They live and they die and after a few decades nobody even remembers who they were. They're just a name. Either on a tombstone or now there'll be a name somewhere on Ancestry.com. But that's all. I mean, I, I know that I've had great-grandparents. I think I met a couple of my great-grandparents when I was very little. And, but they were gone when I was five or six. I know nothing about them. My great-grandparents, great I mean, they, they're gone. I don't even know their names. See, everyday heroes are like that. We just do what we're supposed to do. Not because we're going to be remembered but because it's right to do it. Let me tell you something about everyday heroes. They are the very foundation of life on earth. It's the everyday heroes that make life possible. It's the ones who get up, do their job, and move on. And nobody even notices. No songs are written about them. No great books. They come and they go. They do what's right Because it's right. And that's what builds a family. That's what builds a world. That's what builds a nation. But guess what? It's what builds the kingdom of God as well. I mean, it's wonderful to have those great heroes, the Peters and the Pauls and the Rick Warrens and the Billy Grahams and all those people who do great things. But you know what? Most of the work done for the kingdom is done by everyday heroes that you've never heard of. So we're going to start this series, and we're calling it this, Everyday Heroes of the Faith. This room is filled with everyday heroes of the faith. We're going to show you over the next several weeks the little things that people did that made such a huge difference, and they didn't even know it was going to make a difference when they did that's not what they were trying to do they were just doing what's right and some of them literally changed the world and they didn't even know it every day and it's based on on, on this passage from um, the book of corinthians paul writes to the church of corinth and the church of corinth had all kinds of problems if you ever read that particular book first for second corinthians but he has to remind them of something because, of course, I think that the church at Corinth kind of got caught up a little bit in, in this whole hero worship idea. They were really big in, in worship. They were really big in gifting. They were really big on, on you know, saying who's best and who's not best. And, and, and they were really big in, in following certain people and, and being proud of the fact that they followed Paul or someone else, followed Apollos. And Paul's got to write to them and say, guys, come on, knock off that kind of division. But then he finally says this to them, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. When he said the foolish things of the world, who's he talking about? Us. Everyday heroes. God didn't call us because we're smart. Or good looking. Or influential. Or rich. Actually, he called us because we're not all those things. We're just people. We're just people, yeah, dirt, just like we used to preach that series. He said he chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. It's wonderful to have those great heroes of the faith the Martin Luther's, the Billy Graham's, the Rick Warren's, the Moses, the Elijah. Those are great people. We want to read about them. But we're not going to be them. We're just going to be who we are. But here's what I want you to understand that's enough. That's good. It's okay because God uses everyday heroes to build the faith. Not those great big heroes. They're wonderful. They'll do wonderful things. But it's the everyday heroes that the kingdom is built on. People just like you. So we're going to take a look at several of the everyday heroes. These are people who did little things, and they continually did little things, and yet they had incredible significance, but they weren't trying to do great things. They were just trying to do little things. We're going to be talking about um, a man named Simon. You'll hear about him in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about Stephen. We're going to talk about a a boy named uh, John Mark, who was a failure, and yet what God did through him. We're going to take a look at all of their lives and try to figure out something about them as an everyday hero. That we're going to be able to apply in our own lives we're going to start today with an everyday hero and you don't even know his name in fact all you know him as is a little boy that's all he's identified as and yet he turns into an everyday hero because of what he does so let me set the stage jesus is preaching and quite often when he preached Sometimes when he preached, he would drive huge crowds away. He would say something specifically on purpose to drive them away. Okay, you read that particularly in the book of John. Jesus would say things just to drive people away. Sometimes Jesus said things to draw people. And there would be this huge group. And sometimes this group would number the thousands. And it's just one situation. And when Jesus preached, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, he would preach longer than we preach today. Sometimes he would preach all day, so much so that by the time the day wore on, it's time for people to eat, but there's no restaurants, there's no fast foods, what are you going to do with four or five thousand people who've been listening to you all day long, and now they are hungry, and here's where we pick up the story, ready, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Now, stop right there. Okay? Remember this. God is not surprised about your life. He's not surprised about what you're going to do. He's got a great plan. He knows what you're going to do. He knows what he's going to do about it. Moving on. Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not be enough bread for each one to have a little. We could go out and raise eight months' wages, and we still couldn't buy enough bread to feed all these people. Kind of a defeatist attitude. We'll touch on that. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy. Here's our everyday hero. With five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Remember, they didn't count women and children. So this is a lot of people. This could be 10, 15,000 people, 5,000 men. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather up the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered and filled 12 baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And after people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet was come into the world. Now, I've heard this story preached many times. In fact, I've, I've probably preached on it many times and probably incorrectly. Because this is the way normally people will preach it. This is a great example. If you give Jesus everything, look what he can do. If you just give Jesus everything you have, look what he can do. Does anybody see a problem with that thought here? What is it? And where does it say that the little boy gave him everything? It doesn't, does it? For all we know, this little boy said, look, uh, I'll tell you what, I can spare this much. I've got enough here for my family, and you take here, right? To claim that the little boy gave everything isn't correct. We don't know that. That's not what Scripture says. See, the key to understanding this passage isn't that the little boy gave everything. It's found in what the two disciples said. What was the first disciple? Philip, what did he say? Remember? When Jesus said, let's, let's, what did he say? Yeah, it can't be done. We don't have enough money for that, even if we had enough money. My word, look how it can't be done. What did the other disciple say? But he said something else that was even more important. He said, okay, here's a boy with some, some loaves and some fishes. What did he say next? What is that among all of you? See, the two disciples didn't get it at all. Not at all. When you're confronted with challenges, here's your choices. You ready? When you're confronted with challenges, and we all have challenges in our life, the first thing that we could do is we can give up. Because we know that we can't make a difference. It is too big. We're talking about, about reaching the world. We're talking about reaching our community. We're talking about reaching people for the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a tendency sometimes to say, look, I can't do it. It's too big. Why even try? Let me just kind of go into my own little cocoon, worry about my own self. Because the task is too great. And I think some of us live there. People that you're trying to influence, people you want to reach, bills you're trying to pay off, a kingdom you're trying to build. It's huge. It's huge. You look at yourself and your resources and you say, I can't do it. Why even try? Because I've walked people, watched people over the years make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's an exciting, wonderful thing to do because you know you're you're part of the kingdom now. You know that you're forgiven. You know your name is written in the the Lamb's book of life. But, But then as you move on and you move on, it's so hard to make the changes that need to be made. It's so hard to face the life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And you realize you don't have it in you to do it. And so what do you do? You just say, I can't do this. And you give up. You just give up. Because the changes don't happen quickly enough, fast enough. Right now is when we want those changes to take place. Dear Lord, make me perfect today. Wouldn't that be lovely? And our Father says, You know, I I don't work that way. I don't work that way. You're going to learn to trust me. Not once. But every day, you're going to learn to live not in your power, but in my power. I could fix all of your problems. And then you could live without me. I didn't create you to live without me. I created you to live with me. I won't fix all your problems like that. What I will do is give you the grace and the strength to get through every single day. You can trust me every day or not, but that's your choice. Problem is, sometimes we just give up because we, we can't make a difference. It can't make a difference in the world. can't make a difference in my life. We just say, it's too much. Or we can choose this. We can trust Jesus to make a difference with what we faithfully give. Now, let me go back to that that Discussion of the person who's just made a, a, a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a year later, how different are you? A little, but you got so far to go. A year later, a little different, but you have so far to go. What can we give him every single day? We give him what today. What else do you have? What else is there tomorrow? You don't have it. Today, Father. I'm going to give you today. (laughs) I'm going to learn to walk with you today. And I would sure love it if you would fix me completely, but I don't think that's going to happen, Father. I'm going to give you the little bit that I have and trust you to do something with it. Did you see the, the little boy just said, look, here it is. It's it's nothing. It's a few loaves and a few fish. Here. And the disciples go, what an idiot. What are you going to do with that? I mean, Jesus, here it is, but come on. Let's get serious. It's nothing. And Jesus says, watch me. Watch me watch me watch me take a little faithfully given and do something incredible with it watch me see two important things about everyday heroes of the faith ready this is important guys this is what we're going to see in the weeks to come as we look at all these these individuals first of all They know that Jesus won't do anything with nothing, okay? Now, when you're done writing that down, I need you to say it with me. Ready? Here we go. Let's say it together. Jesus won't do anything with nothing. One more time. Jesus won't do anything with nothing. If you give him nothing, guess what you get back? Nothing. Now, I want you to understand, he can do something with nothing. He can do anything with nothing. We know that because he created the world. Take a look at this passage of scripture. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed in God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. In other words, contrary to what some of the physicists and some of the scientists may believe, matter, there was a time it didn't exist. There was nothing here. God spoke it into existence. He created. By the way, it's always interesting to me because scientists seem to have a problem with the idea of God and eternity but do you understand that scientists who discount God believe that matter is eternal it has always existed and it always will exist they have no idea where it came from but it had to always exist we don't believe that We believe that there was a time when matter did not exist. There was nothing. As a matter of fact, the Hebrew word for creation in Genesis chapter 1 is a word that says something out of nothing. There was absolutely nothing there. God said, let there be. Boom, there is. Okay? He can do that. He just won't. He's going to take what you give him, even if it's little, He'll do something with it. But if you give him nothing, that's what you get. Remember when Jesus turned water into wine? Now, could he... Remember the whole story of uh, the the disciples and Jesus going to this wedding feast and suddenly they run out of wine, which is a very, very embarrassing thing in that particular culture. I mean, that was a huge faux pas. And and the the groom is is embarrassed and the the guy who's running everything is embarrassed. and, and, And suddenly they come to Jesus. Now, what could... Jesus could have said, boom, and what... All of a sudden, these vats of wine just show up, right? He could have done it. Come on, he could have done it. If he can speak the worlds into it, he can speak some vats of wine into existence. But he didn't, did he? What did he do? What did he say? Here's the vats. Now what? Fill them with water. And then what? Taste the water. They gave him the vats. They gave him the water. And Jesus said, watch me. Watch what I'll do. And it wasn't just wine. It was the best wine. The absolute best. Could he have done it without the vats? Of course. Will he? No. No. Because Jesus won't do anything with nothing. It's going to take us to give. Faithfully give. Even if it's just some loaves and fishes, when you give it, Jesus says, Watch me. And look what he can do. Everyday heroes of the, of the faith learn how to give faithfully to the Lord Jesus Christ, even a little bit. But here's the second thing about everyday heroes of the faith. They don't focus on doing great things for Jesus. They trust Jesus to do great things with what little they faithfully give. And this is it. This is the important one right here for you. This is what you're going to see time and time again. Some of us, because of our our admiration for the superheroes or for those celebrity heroes, always want to be the hero, the hero of the faith. We want to do great things. We want to be the Rick Warren. We want to be the the one who, who is able to preach the gospel. We want to be the Billy Graham, the one who stands up in front of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, and preaches the word. We want to be that hero that everybody knows and adores. but everyday heroes of the faith like this little boy, you don't even know his name, do you? It's never even recorded. He's just a little boy who said, look, here's a little bit. Take it. Everyday heroes don't focus on doing great things for Jesus. Jesus. They trust Jesus to do great things with the little they faithfully give. (laughs) Because it's all about Jesus. See, sometimes when we want to be those great heroes, those heroes of the faith, it's really all about our ego. Oh, I want to be loved and known. I want books written about me. I want to go down in history. I want people to remember me. Everyday heroes say, I don't want that. You see, I want Jesus to get the glory in it all. I'm going to faithfully learn how to give what I can. And I'm going to trust Jesus to do incredible things with it. I'm going to trust Him to multiply it. I'm going to trust Him to. I'm going to trust that He gets the glory. See, everyday heroes of the faith don't mind playing second fiddle. It's okay with us. It's okay to just a few decades after we're gone, nobody even remembers we were here. All we're doing is what we're supposed to do. Not for glory, but because it's right. And yet, we know that the little we give, the time, the money, the talents, the words spoken, Jesus Uses, but he won't do anything with nothing. Let me give an example. I have to remember this because uh, I don't have a lot of patience in checkout lines. <laughs> I don't. Working on it, I, I I recognize that, and I'm working on it, and I'm trying to remember in those checkout lines to think positive, good thoughts about both the checker and the people in front of me. It was this last week that the Lord spoke to me about this and I want to share with you what, what what he said. As we were talking about the fact that he won't do anything with nothing. Sometimes when I leave a checker, I either ignore them or give them that face that says, Do better next time, okay? <laughs> What could Jesus have done with a word kindly spoken to that person? What could Jesus have done with a word of grace spoken to that person in a hard situation? You know what? I'll never know. You know why? I didn't give it. didn't give it. And I know that he won't do anything with nothing. But what if I learned to give that? A little thing. It's it's a teeny, tiny word saying, I hope you have a great day. What could Jesus do with a word like that? What could Jesus do with a word when you speak that to your family, to your spouse, to your kids? If he can take five barley loaves and a few fish and feed thousands upon thousands of people, what can he do with a word kindly spoken? But we don't give him the chance, do we? Because we don't say it. And Jesus won't do anything. With nothing. What we're going to learn in this series, over the next, by the way, it'll take us right through Christmas. We'll even look at some Christmas heroes. We're going to learn that these everyday heroes just were satisfied with doing the little things for Jesus Christ and trusting that He would do something great with them. They learned to do little things for Jesus Christ and trusted that He would do something great. That's an everyday hero of the faith. Remember this passage that I share with you. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. The weak things of the world. But he ends that whole passage right here. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. In other words, everyday heroes know this. We're not much. Nobody's going to remember us. We're just everyday people. But through us, great things are going to be done around the world, and nobody will even know we had a part in it. Because the glory will go to Him. He will take the foolish things of this world, the use, the means, the little things that we give Him faithfully, and he will do great. We will not do great things. We will do common, ordinary, everyday things faithfully. And Jesus will say, watch me. And the world has changed. That's what we'll see in the series. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Now, our egos get involved here. We see the superheroes, We see all, and, and we think of heroic acts that we can do. Father, I guess that's a normal response for many of us. But, Father, what we really want to learn how to do is just be faithful in all the little things and to trust you. And we say, Father, we want you to get the glory, and I pray by the time we're done with this series, we really mean that. It's wonderful if people don't know what we do. And it'll be okay if we're forgotten. Because we'll always be remembered by you. And you're the one we want to please. Jesus, thank you. It's not that we're not going to be part of great things. You're going to change the world through us. But it'll be you changing the world, not us. We're just going to learn to be faithful. And we want to thank you for that in the name of Jesus Christ. For the sake of your Son, Father. In his name, for his glory, in his power, amen.